so the topic today is uh, oil field. What he says. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get it started. Then, if uh, <clears throat> Bryce or Zach or you have a question. So, Bob, uh, I, know I, you, I know you started early in the oil field. Where all did you work? Okay. Here, I'll, I'll give you a rundown of my history. In 1970, I was 14 years old. In the, my summer job, I worked for B&B Tool out of Lindsay, Oklahoma. And I was the uh, tool cleanup guy. And uh, they got in a bind. I, I could actually deliver tools at location. Yes, I was 14. It, you had to be 15 and a half or 16 to drive. I have Stevens County, for God's sake. Well, no, it's, it's Garvin County. Garvin County. Yeah. I mean, you, you drive anywhere you want in yeah. Garvin County. Yeah, all you had to do is, if you got stopped, they tell them who you are and say, oh, hell, I know your mom and dad. You good. Yeah. So, I started then. I worked uh, all through high school with them. I went to uh, OU, and weekends I'd, uh, I'd work down at uh, B&B Tool on weekends, and I'd go clean the Elks Lodge. Hey, don't be laughing, producer. <laughs> I'd clean the Elks Lodge. I was my standalone bartender. Then uh, after that, I went to, uh, got the, uh, finally reached 18. I uh, ran out of money, went to work on the drilling rigs. 1974, went to work for Helmrich and Payne Drilling Company, roughnecking. Uh, worked for them for eight years. Ended up, uh, be, uh, my final job, I was tool pusher. I worked in uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, California, Arkansas, uh, uh, Guatemala, in Bolivia. All right, Bob, can yeah. we get a little more specific? I mean, we Wait. don't need to know. Wait, I got a question, though. I got a question, though. Yeah. So go back to Guatemala and Bolivia. Mm -hmm. you, you worked in the oil field over there? Yeah, we was drilling wells in Guatemala and Bolivia. I was the... Uh, Let's go straight to Bolivia. How was that? Uh, that yeah. was freaking awesome. Awesome? Yeah. Everything was cheap as... Uh, yeah, I when in I worked in uh, Bolivia in nineteen eighty to eighty two in Guatemala and Bolivia, but I like Bolivia better. What was your job? I was a tool pusher when I went to Bolivia. Well, what the hell's a tool pusher? Well, the tool pusher is the the boss on the uh, location. I, we had a uh, fly-in camp. We had a landing strip, helicopter pad. Had a hundred employees there. We lived in a camp, and I was I was the boss at uh, 23 years old. I was the boss over the all off operations. Yes, You're a tool and, pusher. Yes, and that was uh, we uh, kept the rig running, drilled the wells, completed the wells, and uh, did all that good stuff. So, kind of one of the things that stands out is uh, in Bolivia, unbeknownst to me. To me, at the time, uh, all the workers chewed coca leaves, which was the precursor to cocaine. All the all the hands had a bag on their in their belt loop. They get a mouthful of the leaves, and they called it bico, or it's called baking soda. Mm -hmm. They put the baking soda in there, and that leached out the cocaine out of the. Uh, leaves and it was legal over there and I went, hell when in Rome do as the Romans do I said give me some of that shit 
<laughs> so, so that was my introduction to coca leaves. And oh my God, is the best stuff in the world. <laughs> I've never done cocaine, but the coca leaves, if they were uh, near as good as the uh, cocaine, that's, I'd be hooked. I never did it, but I did a lot of coca leaves. Oh, wow. Yeah, so one time is on Christmas Eve in Bolivia. And I was the boss, and here comes the, uh, he was the crew chief over all the uh, hands, and he says, the hands went on strike. I said, what the hell? What, why'd they go on strike? He said, well, they run out of leaves. I said, well, what the hell's that got to do with going on strike? Well, if they ain't got their leaves, they ain't working. And I said, well, what do we got to do? He said, we got to go to this little village and we'll, we'll go buy some. So I said, well, hell, let's go. So we, we're getting these pickups. I'm the passenger. He's the driver. We got, we got probably 14 Bolivians in the back. Oh, wow. So we, we drive probably an hour or so to this village. And this village has no running water, no electricity. All it is is huts. So we parked there. I said, okay, what do we do now? He said, we just sit here. Probably take them an hour and they'll be back. Within an hour, they're here, they all come back. I guarantee you we got 20 bushel baskets of freaking coca leaves in the back of this. <laughs> I'm, and you think I'm exaggerating. A, a bushel basket was $20. And they had like 20 bushel baskets. I mean, freaking bushels. In, in, uh, but a, a bushel of leaves was like a couple of kilos with four pounds so you think it's it's a lot but it, it was a lot in volume but not weight right. and so shit we get this and they load up their co coca leaves their bico and hell we're singing all the way back to the camp <laughs> we get back to camp and here's all these hundred people show up Oh my God, we're back to work. Here we go. <laughs> so they're doing the cochlees. And me and the. So, how do you even get a job down there? I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that was a thing, Bob. Well, here's what happened. Well, I was already on the drilling rigs. I was drilling for helmets and pain in the. Uh, Rig 16 was in California. We finished up our uh, our duties there, mm-hmm. and they said uh, this this rig in California. We're going to take mm-hmm. it back to Oklahoma and send it to uh, Guatemala, and uh, <clears throat> or you can go to Wyoming. I said I ain't going to freaking Wyoming. So I said, uh, <laughs> yeah, I said I'll go to I'll go to I'll uh, I'll go back to Oklahoma. Then we'll uh, we'll uh, get this rig ready and we we'll send it to Guatemala. So that's what we did. Well, why why don't you not want to go? to Wyoming. Too freaking cold, dude. Oh, the, right. uh, the summers right. were awesome, but the winters were brutal. Well, no, I didn't want to. Let's let's back up to California. Yeah. Who was your tool pusher in California? Uh, my tool pushers was uh, Vernon Bromlow. He's a uh, he's I've known him. He's still alive. Known him fifty plus years. The other one was uh, 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 Bobby Chandler. I think he's dead now, but uh, Bobby was there, and he little guy about five foot six, uh, wore cowboy boots with his uh, pants tucked in his uh, boots, and he always he had a thirty eight in his boots, thirty eight uh, revolver, yeah, had a little old dog poodle, and his name the poodle's name was Whiskey Lady, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, that <laughs> I know that. He's That's a, the rain man in me. No, it's the rain man. He's in an me. image. He said it's the rain man. In me. Well, it is. It's the rain man in me, and uh, the, 
I can I can see it like it was yesterday, and th these are the details that I'm able to uh, uh, remember. Okay, so while we're on California, tell me about your brother coming to California. Well, brother Steve, he was uh, he just turned 18, and he was <clears throat> excuse me, he was working uh, for Helmrich and Payne in Oklahoma. He was dating. Uh, Michelle and they got an argument and he calls and says, uh, uh, "Hey, bud, I need a job." I said, "What?" Well, I thought you had a job. He said, "Well, I do, but I'm me and, me and Michelle broke up. I'm gonna come out there and work with you." I said, "Okay." <laughs> when are you gonna be here? And that was like a Monday. He said, "I will be there Monday." I said, "You said we." And he said, "Yeah, Bucky's coming." I said, "Who? Bucky? What the hell, Bucky?" So you and Bucky. Bucky was Bucky Harrison and just the buddies. Well, you told me you was gonna be there, and well, now you and Bucky. I said, "Yeah, me and Bucky both coming." So you got openings? I said, "I gotta fire two guys for you to get out here, and you'll be out here Monday." Yeah, we'll be out there Monday. <laughs> I said, "You son of a bitch, you're not." I'm in heap big shit because I fired two guys and you guys didn't show up. So anyway, things go. So it's it's Sunday night, about 10 o'clock. I called Brother Steve. Well, how'd you get a hold of him in those days? I mean, there, well, wasn't, there wasn't a cell phone. I called around and everybody said... Oh hell, he he's he's headed to California. Well, yeah, I'm Bob. I'm in California. I don't know where some bitch is at. <laughs> and uh, oh, well, he went to mom and dad Las Vegas. He's in Las Vegas. <laughs> How'd you know that? <laughs> you just saw it coming. <laughs> so that's why you're a gambler, huh? So uh, he's in yeah, pretty much. So he's in Las Vegas. So I called mom and dad state stardust. I called the stardust, find the room, got a hold of him, and talked to him on Sunday night. I thought you were going to be here in the morning. He said, well, we will. I said, dude, it's almost midnight. we got to go to work at 6, and it's a five-hour drive from uh, uh, Las Vegas to Bakersfield. I said, you son of a bitches don't show up. I'm going to be, we'll be there, we'll be there. <laughs> so, okay, I go to sleep. I get up about 5 get my lunch ready. I look out the freaking apartment. No, Steve, no Bucky, nothing. 5.30, finally about 10 till 6, I told the wife, I said, well, I'm going to work. Well, what about Bucky and Steve? I said, if they show up, tell them how to get the rig. Well, I go out and get in the car and they come freaking flying around the damn parking lot, just <laughs> slam the brake on <laughs> There they are. And... I said, where in the fuck you guys been? Well, we've been driving. And they, six in the morning, they're drunker than shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, oh, my God. I said, okay, get in. We got to go. We loaded up. We go out there. It's about an hour drive to the to the rig. We get out there, and they're, yeah, they're drunk till probably 10 o'clock in the morning before they start sobering up. <laughs> they finally sobered up. And... Uh, they uh, they went and they worked with me three, four, five months, something like that. And then next thing you know, I said, hell, we're going back to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I said, okay, so they left. And that's the end of that story. Ronnie, didn't you work in California? I did. Oh, Tell wow. that story. I didn't know that. Yeah, I bet your boys don't even know that. Did not know that. Which story? Did you work with Moyer? 
David Moyer? No, he was already gone from there. Okay. It wasn't offshore? Uh, yes. Okay, it's offshore, so... It was offshore? <coughs> yeah. So you kind of filled in after he left? No. No? No. Well, tell it. Well, come, come on, I'm trying to pry these them. You trying to bait me? No, I'm trying to pry <laughs> answers out of you. <laughs> well, first time I went out of there, I was still in college, and... Worked on platform Irene for Unical and on that H and P. Yeah, flew out of Lone Poke. Yeah, you could see the platform from the from land, and all I did was squeegee the deck and run the snake down the sewer pipe to clean it out. It's all I did all summer. It was cold. It was terrible. Terrible. How much were you making an hour then? Huh? How much were you making an hour? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably eight dollars, something like that. Holy shit. Maybe nine. Wouldn't make a pizza for eight dollars an hour. Well, <laughs> times are different. <laughs> yeah, times are different. <laughs> times are way different. Then when I went to work full time, then I got sent out to platform. It's either Heritage or Harmony. Uh, next on platform, and we were rigging up. And I was supposed to be there like two weeks, and it turned into 36 days. <laughs> Damn. And I was so ready for a beer. <laughs> they not have beer on the rig? No, absolutely not. And just day after day after day, the same thing. And there was a pile driver. They were driving conductor pipe. And there was like 60 drill slots. And so that thing every night was just... Pounding, yeah, the, the pounding conductor into the seafloor and uh, get me out of here, huh? <laughs> it was a good experience. Glad I did it. Thirty-six days. That's a long time. It's yeah, a long time. That's like being in sounds jail. like sounds like rehab. <laughs> 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 I can't wait. What can't wait? Yeah, I can't wait to get out of rehab and drink me a cold beer, son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, that's awesome. But, uh, how, how does that even work? How far down do you have to go before you even know you can hit oil? They scout that out before, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they know. But how far is that offshore? Is that like five miles deep, like away from shoreline? Because no, it wasn't that deep. That's can't be that the, far stuff away wasn't from that the, deep. It can't be that far away from the shore, right? Because yeah, the stuff in the Gulf of Mexico, if you get off the shelf, is deeper. California, it's not that deep. It's like and a slow incline down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they run they run seismic, which is tools that they run from surface and detect vibrations and uh, signals that go back and forth and give you a pretty good idea okay here's a shell and there's probably some oil underneath this shell yeah so they pick it up and like you said california wasn't that deep maybe nine or ten thousand and probably so yeah. those wells were usually i think they're all vertical at the time vertical and they were heavy yeah you just, heavy oil do you cap them off when you're done Yes. Like, how do you cap them off underwater? You just got to do just quick. Pour the cement to them and then... How you do cement to it? And then production company comes in there and 
or yeah, completion off, company comes in there and offshore offshore technology is is a lot more to me uh, 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 complicated and uh, detailed than than onshore. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, how they do this, how they do that, it's a lot of it. They they can they have capabilities of uh, rigging up devices <clears throat> off the sea floor from the surface or the top of the water, which is to me is amazing. Where you're several hundred feet from from your platform. Uh -huh. to the base and they can install devices and make them work that that yeah deep. and uh, yeah as far as the blowout prevention of pressure too down there yeah a lot of pressures and setting up devices and making it work and uh, it's just crazy right yeah by and large by and large now <laughs> that uh, to me uh, uh, onshore drilling and completion is a lot more simple than offshore far as completions and uh, drilling and such as that yeah offshore for sure i mean a lot of regulation a lot of well, obviously it has to do a lot with the ocean is is offshore like can you get a lot more oil if you hit a spot kind of deal because it's an unmarked spot pretty much <coughs> i guess big reservoirs offshore. Right. i think the to me the offshore is a heck of a lot that's called risk rewards yeah the risks are a lot higher and the rewards are a lot, lot higher. Right. You see, when you when you drill offshore, you've got to have knowledge of what you, you anticipate you're going to get. And mm -hmm. it, the the, uh, the cost for offshore drilling versus land drilling, I would say easy 10 to 1. Easy. Easy. There three extra zeros in the capital budget. Yeah. I, I, budget, I did the budget. Well, that would be 100 to oh, 1 wow. then. Yeah. At least... Maybe a hundred and one. Oh my God, we're oh freaking in a live broadcast. We're live. We're live. We just got interrupted by. You guys fucked it up. <laughs> no, it's fine. Can you hit pause there for hit pause or something? 